What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Cantorian You podcast with, uh, I've got Meryl from the, the Cantori show on 100.7 jumping on here at the intro as I get ready to welcome actually the guy who does, well, the music you hear in the background right now, Jake Nager. We're going to have Jake on as a guest because he has supplied, well, not only because he's an awesome musician and renowned locally here in San Diego, but... He's been supplying us with his music for free, just letting us use his uh, his art. So I have to give him his due and let him come on and talk about his new record uh, in the cut. Jake Nager in the moment of truth. First, uh, Meryl, you've got a podcast yes. that's uh, coming on board here at the U Network. As much as I would love to talk about our, our show every morning, Monday through Friday, I thought, I'm very excited to talk about my podcast. Which is the Campfire Shit Show. You got it. And we are very excited to announce that we've joined your network, the U Network. It's myself and one of my friends and another comedy writer, Bo Hufford. And our podcast is, is about the shit show moments of life. Of life. We have a lot. We'd love to have you on to tell us about your shit show moments. Oh, man. I could just tell you about the last 10 years. I think you going to say the last week. <laughs> Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, that's awesome. And you guys do a great job and we're pumped to have you on board. And then we'll start having you uh, infuse the sponsors that we have on our network into your programming as well. And look for the the Campfire Shit Show on you. You. Y-E-W online.com. And, uh, of course, you're, you're on Insta and all that stuff. Yep, and it's SHT because Apple kept shutting us down. We didn't know why we were getting really? shut down at first. Yeah, so it's Campfire SHT. Show. I hate when people get shut down. Actually, one of our sponsors, March and Ash, they have a legal licensed cannabis dispensary here in San Diego, and they just got shut down. They've got an Instagram page that was doing great, and then Insta shut them down, which is so weird. But when it comes to Facebook and Instagram, like they're, they're totally cool taking all our personal information, right, yep. but they don't want you to see like a, a weed leaf, even though it's it's legal exactly. and licensed. It's just, to me, the whole cannabis industry right now is no different than where we are with craft beer and the alcohol industry, but right. the stigmas are still out there, which is crazy, yet it's widely accepted and now legal, much like alcohol. Yes. But you still have to fight through the stigmas and push through because... Uh, you know, you'll have an Instagram page shut down, but Miller or Budweiser or Stone Brewing can have tons of people drinking beer. You show somebody smoking a joint or putting on a CBD rub, and it's like, boom, mm-hmm. you can get pulled off the Insta. So want to definitely thank uh, March and Ash for being part of our, our network here and being a sponsor. And they're opening more locations. They have one going on or one going in an Imperial and uh, let's see. It looks beautiful from what I've seen. The photos, like oh, pristine white and nice. Yeah, it looks really pretty. Because you're, you're not a weed person. I'm not, but I would be open. I think Bo and I should go in there at least see and say hi to everyone. But your boyfriend, he's a weed guy, right? He's constantly a weed guy. Constantly <laughs> a weed guy. I, I've never seen him not be a weed guy. Yeah. What, what, uh, what Does he go to any of the dispensaries here in town? He does, off of Sports Arena Boulevard. All right, well, he's going to stop going there. Exactly. And we're going to send him over to March and Ash. Let's do it. And he mentions you. And we'll work on getting them a discount, okay? Thank you. We'll do that for you as well if you're a consumer. Also want to thank our friends over at Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance who have been hooking us up for a while as well. What a tremendous operation, Jeff and his crew. It's a family operation. 
And if you're planning a trip to Mexico, do you ever get to Mexico, Meryl? A lot. Yeah, we actually go like every couple months or so. That's right. Your boyfriend. He uh, loves going. And yeah, we like to go down to Caesars at TJ and Rosarito. Well, doesn't your father-in-law, well, you're not married, but but I I, I know uh, your boyfriend's dad lives in Rosarito. He has a beautiful condo in Rosarito and pays like half of what we all do and has like a What does he pay for rent down there? Do you uh, know? I think it's $7.50 a month for a beachside Everything new, marble, granite, beautiful condo. On the ocean? Yep. Damn. I know. Well, your next trip, do you usually get the Mexican auto insurance? Yes, we do. Cool. Well, hook it up at BajaBound.com. And uh, yeah, don't believe, I mean, I know there's a lot of crazy stuff on the news about the safety of Baja. I don't want to say don't believe it, but I'll just tell you, we go all the time. My wife just went down there to wine country with her girlfriend's. They never felt threatened. They felt completely safe. And the only thing you want to do is just make sure you have car insurance. And uh, that's very important, which is why we certainly encourage you to hit BajaBound.com. As we seg over to Jake Nager here, and uh, definitely recommend you check out his new record. We talk about that. And uh, on, on a future episode, by the way, on the next Cantorian U podcast, I'm going to be talking to the guy, Ernie Hahn, who's starting that new music fest. Here in San Diego, oh, Wonderfront. Yeah, I want to hear like how it started and all that stuff. That'll oh, be interesting. Hell of a scoop, hell of a story, and that's the next podcast. So, without further ado, let's get to Jake Nager here. And uh, yeah, I hope you're well and everything's cool in your world. And stoked to have you on board here on the U Network, Merrill. It's definitely a different time in my life. I'll tell you, there are a lot of people listening to this podcast who have been with me last couple of years, all stages. And uh, I'll tell you, Right now, it's weird. The stability that I'm feeling, it doesn't, it, it, it almost feels wrong. <laughs> you and I are the same way. I feel like we're waiting. And I think you- You're waiting for something to drop or go exactly. wrong. When you're used to operating in a place of just survival, you know, for, for, for my family, it's been almost a decade. I know. We trip out that like, holy shit, things are kind of stable now. Is, I know. Is that okay? Like we look, we don't know how to operate in this zone. So it's it's a beautiful place, but I'll be honest, I'm still getting used to it. Still getting used to doing a radio show in San Diego again and doing what we're doing here at you. But I'm pumped to have you along for the ride, Meryl. We're pumped to be here. Jake Nager, who's been selflessly giving us his music for the last couple of years. One of the best drummers in town, if not the best funk drummer in San Diego. Let's get to him. Yep, man of my word. In the Cut would be the name of it, and uh, this is your first endeavor, Jake, doing something on your own, yeah? Yes, yes, sir. Now, how do we feel about going out on your own? I feel really good about it, man. It, uh, like, feels like, you know, I've, I've been playing music for a long time, but, you know, being a drummer, you're you're kind of relegated to that role of yeah. being a drummer, but now that I'm, I'm the leader of the band, you know. You feel like Dave Grohl? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> not really, but uh, you're not in front of the mic on the guitar. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not singing. But um, yeah, it's nice, man, to have to be able to call something my own and just uh, just have something that's mine. You know, I get it. I think that's important in life, especially when you're a creative, to uh, have something that you can call your own and hang your hat on. And it's also scary putting yourself out there a little bit. Has it been weird in that respect? Uh, not, not, not really, to be honest. I mean, I think it's just more, it's, it's just a lot of work, if anything, you know, cause I, I do all the booking and, um, but I've had definitely had some help, 
especially like with the, the label that I'm on, Redwoods Music. And you're kind of a unicorn here as far as uh, you're a local San Diegan. Yep. And where did you grow up in San Diego? I grew up in, uh, I guess what you would call, uh, it's Rancho San Diego now, but it was like El Cajon, called, considered El Cajon then. Um, my father is Chaldean, which is um, Christian Iraqi. And so there's a large sect of those of that community in East County. Right. So um, grew up there. And then so you we, have tons of cousins, in other words. Yeah. And then Everyone's when I, your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I was 12, we moved to Del Mar. Del Mar? Yeah. From El Cajon. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a a little bit of a culture shock there, but it was cool, man, being right by the beach and stuff. How did that happen? Uh, you know, my mom, she just at the time just was dead set. She wanted to live in Del Mar, and they, you know, bought property and built a, built a home, and yeah. So, so did you go to school in Del Mar, or you know, I didn't. I actually went to school at a place called Horizon. It's in Claremont. It's actually not there anymore. What was that? A Christian or a private it's, school? It's like a Christian private school. It's also it was also a church. Okay. So I I spent from fourth grade to twelfth grade. I went there. And, and where is that school? What happened to that school? I remember there was a Horizon, but I don't remember. Well, what happened was the the um, high tech high bought the actual campus. That's right. So the church kind of meets somewhere else, but the school's kind of like done. Okay. So. Gotcha. And then when it comes to the Chaldean community in San Diego, do you know why? Like, I, I don't expect you to be the spokesperson for the Chaldeans here in town, but mm -hmm. why Why is there such a huge Chaldean population in, in San Diego? Um, honestly, what happened was my, my grandfather, he came here and like, after, well, they were in, just, just backtrack a little bit. He came to Detroit in like the forties from Iraq. And what happened was they had the, the riots and I think it was like 67, I believe. Okay. 68 in Detroit. And he had a bunch of businesses that got kind of like destroyed, you know, cause of the riots. And so somebody was here, I can't remember who, and they said, Hey, you should come out to San Diego, California. Like it's it's happening out here, and they just for whatever reason, I'm not sure why, but they ended up coming out. And then from there, I think just the word got out, like, oh yeah, we're in San Diego now. You should come out here. And so sure. Just, it's for some reason I don't know exactly why. It's just the yeah, small group kind of migrated this yeah, way, and then just. You know, like there's like over 50,000. It's the largest Chaldean community from what I understand. Besides Detroit, I believe it's the largest. In, in the, Next to Detroit. The state, yes. Interesting. Now, as far as your family's concerned, how did, how did music become a thing in your home? Because I know, like, for example, our, uh, one of our last podcasts was with Carl Denson. Uh -huh. And he mentioned that he plays with your brother. Right. So obviously music was was commonplace in your home if you've got two working musicians and under the same roof. Yeah, I mean, actually, my older brother, he plays guitar. Jeez. So, you know, there was always guitar and drums going on in the house. But I was kind of more into, like, sports for some reason. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I wasn't really – I think I early on tried to play, like, marimba, but I was just kind of too young. I just kind of wasn't – didn't have the focus. But once I got into like 
got into high school was when I kind of really, uh, I really started getting into music a lot more. And like, um, you know, there's always drums in the house and I just, I would sit down on them and it just, it just felt really natural to me. And I just decided like, well, I guess I'm going to play drums, you know, like yeah. it just, it just felt, it just felt right to me. So how did you get kind of to the point where you're at today where, I mean, this is San Diego, you're known as one of the best drummers in town. And what really put you on that path? Do you think what, what really helped you get there? Honestly, just playing as much as possible, playing with as many different musicians, playing with musicians that are better than me. Yeah. I think helps a lot. And to learn, you know, there, I had to learn a lot of like tough lessons, like as far as like, you know, getting, getting yelled at, you know, about playing, you know, about your playing, getting, you know, hey man, you need to work on this. You need to do that. And like just being even like having people just tell me things that may, maybe I wasn't even necessarily aware of. Right. But then that, you know, I would just be like, okay, well, I need to work on that and I need to do this. And um, I think the main thing for me has just been perseverance. Like I've, I've had some like tough situations where I've wanted to walk away from the whole thing because, you know, with music, it's just so up and down, man. It's such a roller coaster. I mean, oh, I could relate. one minute you could just be cruising, like have a good gig, like, you know, get steady, crushing it. Steady, yes, crushing it. Have got, got money coming in. And then for whatever reason, you know, a band leader could be like, well, I want to, I want to change it up. Or for whatever reason, just they decide they want to move on and play with other people. And then you're just kind of back to square one. Yep. So I think just for me, my main thing, I was just, I've never given up. Like, I've always just kept at it. I've kept at it no matter what. No matter if I've had to get, like, a day job or I've had to, you know, do whatever. Just I've always, I've never given up on it, you know. So. And you've worked with some friggin' big names, too. You know, when you say having experiences that are just, uh, you know, next level, uh -huh. I think of your time with, like, TV on the radio, or um, who's the um, remind? Was it Kalise? Yeah. So the Kalise thing, well, that kind of ties into the TV on the radio thing. If you want to, yeah. No, no, so, I'm interested. So my good buddy, I got to give a shout out. My buddy Todd Simon, who's a he's a trumpet player out of uh, L.A. Okay. Real good friend of mine, and about I guess it was six years ago now. It's just so funny. He just he texted me one day and he's like, "Hey, he's like, you want to play on the new Khalees album?" I'm just like, yeah, like let's do it, you know. And then he told me, you know, Dave Siddick from TV on the radio was producing the album. Okay, that's the time. And I remember he called me, you know, and I was a little nervous, like I didn't know what to expect, and he just kind of kind of gave me an idea of what he was looking for, and then. I just drove up one day up. He has a studio at his house, and I just I drove up, and it was just all these cats. It was uh, Ike Owens, who was in Mars Volta. No he, way. He just passed away like five years ago. Was he the keyboard player? Keyboard player. Yeah. Just some other, uh, Fredo from the Beastie Boys. Just like some heavyweight. Yeah, heavy hitters. Dudes, and I'm just like, okay, man. Like, You're I driving up in your 
Freaking Hyundai. Yeah. San Diego. Like, I'm this dude from San Diego, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, all right, man, well, this is, uh, this is it, man. I, I can't fall on my face here. Like, I gotta, I gotta bring it. And, yeah. You know, can't fuck this it, up. It went good. And I would just, you know, while we were making that record, I remember we were just kind of hanging out one night. And uh, he's like, man, he's like, he's like, I gotta get you on some of this new TV on the radio stuff. So, while we were doing that record, I went up and cut like a couple songs, and it's amazing. It was just great. It was good to meet. You know, I, I didn't really know those other guys at all. I'd like met them that day. But how intimidating is that? Because I think of TV on the radio and how much I adore that band. Uh-huh. I couldn't imagine being in a situation where you're like, okay, here you go, perform, go. Right. You know, we're hitting record, go. Uh-huh. What's that like, man? It can be scary, but it can be, it's also like exciting too, because you're like, man, like, you know, I've been working so hard all these years and like, finally I'm, I'm like reaping some of the the rewards, so right. to speak of like, this is, you know, this is what happens, you know, when you, you put the time in and work hard, you know, people recognize that and you know, you, you get, you get cool opportunities like that. I mean, I definitely feel like lucky and I, I don't, I, I never take anything for granted. Like can't, I just know, man, just like there's so many musicians out there and it's just like, you know, I just try to do a good job and just, just try to be easy to work with and, you know, just not cause any like trouble. So, so when it comes to this record, now you're, you're doing stuff on your own now. How did you go about recruiting all the players? So you're putting together, assembling your own band. How, uh, how do we do that? <laughs> so like the core rhythm section, which is Tim Felton on, on keys, Matt LaBarber on bass, and, and Nick Costa on guitar. We'd been playing music together for like the last three, four years in different projects. And we did it at Tim. Tim Felton, has a he has like a cool home studio. So... I just kind of asked those guys if they'd be interested, you know, and they were, they were down to like be a part of it. And then I brought in some other friends, uh, like there's some guest vocals on there. And so there's some horns and stuff like that. So, now, how long did it take you to get it out from the time when you first started? I think it took, took me like two and a half years, I think to like finish it. And then, it actually, it's been done about a year, but just like, you know, just kind of being strategic about the release of it. And then we got, the Redwoods got like a, we have a distribution company called Fat Beats. So they were like, okay, well, we want to like, you know, we want to have time to like push these releases. So everything got pushed back a little bit. It's not a big deal, but like it's finally coming out next week on the 29th. Nice, man. So, And if people want to grab it, I know, uh, like, I'm looking at the vinyl here. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you, by the way, and I'm going to pay you for this. Sure. There's no question. But if people want to grab it, do they go to the records, I'm sorry, the redwoodsmusic.com? Uh, they could get it there. You can get it on Amazon. You could get it on fatbeats.com, Dusty Groove. I mean, if you search it online, you could... You can. There's a bunch of different companies you can order it, but if you're here in San Diego, it'll be at like all the record stores in town, like Cal, 
Cal Records will be like reanimated. It'll be at actually have a vinyl have a release party on the 30th at Vinyl Junkies over in South Park. Mm-hmm. Nice. So you'll be able to get it there. But yeah, most of the local record stores you can just get it if you're here in San Diego. But you know, like Amazon and it'll be on like Spotify and all the platforms like iTunes and of course or Apple Music, whatever it's called. And uh, now for people who haven't heard it, how would you how would you describe it? Because uh, obviously, for those who listen to the podcast, they've heard a couple of the tracks. Like I know I play "Getting It" all the time. Uh-huh. I love "Funkin' for Hamishaw." Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell me about just as a whole, just the record. Like if someone's going to go out of their way to grab this, because for me, I love and I can't wait to just spin this in the house and let's just just cruise to this while mm-hmm. while on the record player. You know, it's good. It's just great grooving music, man. I really wanted to like my whole idea was for this was like since I was the drummer and the leader, it's like I I got to pick the kind of grooves that I wanted to play. So there's like there's a few different vibes in there. Like the first song is kind of got like a raw soul vibe to it. It's got vocals, it's got horns, it's kind of got like this classic thing and then there's some like you know, instrumental tracks on there that, you know, influenced by, like, some of the soul jazz stuff, you know, from, like, Blue Note era. Like, I got a song with with Berkey from Vocab Company. I mean, he raps on it. So that's, like, it's a bit, a little bit more contemporary, but it's still got real instruments on it. There's no samples. That's sick. it's, It's all real, so. Well, how many bands are you in right now? Because in addition to your own project, it seems like you play in 20 bands. So I'm in Surefire Soul Ensemble, Birdie Bardot, Midnight Pine, Rebecca Jade, (laughs) and The Cold Fact. Amongst, you know, I also do a lot of, like, freelance gigs. Like, I play in a a cover band, too, called The Dudes. The Dudes? Of San Diego. And we just, we do all the, like, casinos and stuff. It's fun. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the Redwoods group, you know, we touched on them briefly when we first started. Right. But uh, what is the Redwoods all about from your vantage? It's kind of the the old school model of like, you know, Motown would have like kind of like a house band. So it's like me and some of like uh, other musicians and we play like on all the records pretty much. So they're just kind of going for that, like just having a, a certain sound, like, oh, that's the Motown sound, that's the Stack sound. Like we Got try it. to say, like, this is the Redwood sound. Like this is what this is what we bring to the table. Which know? is kind of what more of like a sounds like it's a lot about female empowerment, like a lot of female led projects, right. right? Yeah, every aside from myself, everyone. Like it's a female led project, and uh, yeah, just kind of featuring them, you know, and like what their different styles, like what they bring to the table. So it's cool when we do these reviews because it's all, it's each artist is different and has their own identity, you know, like it's all different. It's not like just cookie cutter, like sure. doing the same thing. Each person has their own thing that they're doing, so. Now, as somebody who's been in the San Diego music scene forever and a day, and as I mentioned, I mean, you get you win all these awards, nods for all your work and being an acclaimed musician. I'm curious, 
who are some of the musicians that you admire the most here in town? Um, like definitely John Reese. You know, I feel the same way. Just I've I've been a fan of all his bands. You know, I've I've got to know him a little bit over the years. Like we've kind of hung out here and there, and he's just a real nice. Every time I see him, you know, he's just very friendly, very nice. I'm so intimidated by that. I've had the exact same experience with him, and I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah, I mean, he's just such a cool guy. You know, like I, I for me, that means more than any of the accolades or anything. Just, just something you could just hang out with somewhere and it's just it's just mellow it's yep. like it's not some weird like competitional yeah yeah you're just like hey how's it going man what are you up to you know it's just like yeah man it's just like just feels real and, and genuine you know so john reese rocket from the crypt hot snakes anyone else in town where you're like man that dude knows what's up he was on last week but carl carl, carl denson. denson you know i i I was lucky enough about like 12 years ago, um, he called me to do a record with him and then I played in his band. Yeah, man, that guy's just very inspiring, just the way he lives his life and just uh, musically, you know, like I really looked up to him like a lot. So I, I just felt like it was kind of like an honor to even be considered to be able to work with somebody of that, you know, that caliber. caliber yeah. So. You know, and he just, the guy's still, you know, he's like, you know, in his 60s or whatever, he's still working hard and he's still, you know, he's like, he's in good shape and he's just, you know. Dude, I couldn't believe it. Guy looks better than me, man. I'm like, are you yeah, kidding, so he's, dude? He's definitely, insp you know, inspiring in a lot of different ways, just like, not just musically, but just as a person, you know. And I, I saw him at the Music Awards and, you know, he's just very gracious and stuff like that. So it's like, it's nice, you know, like. It's just nice to be acknowledged, man. I think for me, that's like more than anything. Like, if you can just be acknowledged by your peers, you just feel like you're kind of doing. You're like on the right path, doing the right work. Yeah. Now, yeah. when I think of you, I just think of you as somebody who really friggin' knows San Diego. So, I'm going to end our discussion by just asking you some Uber. San Diego related questions specific. Okay. It's not like trivia. I'm just sure, curious. Like, sure. okay, let's start with some of your favorite restaurants in San Diego. Favorite restaurants. Yep. I really love a uh, Saigon on El Cajon Boulevard. Okay. It's a uh, Vietnamese. I love their, their, uh, I get the veggie pho. It's one of my favorite like dishes Yum. they have. And then, I mean, dude, there's so many different taco shops and favorite taco or one of your favorite taco shops. Probably Kalima's in North Park. Nice. Yeah. They have a great menu and you know, they're open late and it's just the food's always been good. I've never had a bad meal there. So favorite bar. Uh Casbah. <laughs> I know. Real stretch. But yeah, just you know. I get it. Been I feel the same there. way. I've been playing there since I was 19. You were playing the Casbah at 19? Yeah. How do we do that? I forget. What's the story when you're not 21? So you just, you can only be on stage when you're playing, and then okay. you have to wait outside, basically, like before. And then they call you on stage. Yeah, and then, and then, then when it's time, out. you get to set up, and then, yeah. That's a riot. Okay, so uh, any other bars, establishments in town you want to throw props to? 
Uh, Grand Old Barbecue. Love that spot. Their their new location they just opened is just great, man. It's kind of reminds me of like um, it's got that Pappy and Harriet's vibe. I don't know if you've ever been up there. I haven't. I've always wanted to go to Pappy. And but Harriet's. it's got that classic, you know, South Texas barbecue feel, and they have bands and stuff. They they really like made that place super cool. So the food's great. And that's the spot that's because uh, I know obviously Grand Old Barbecue they've got a place in South Park off Thorn, right? But uh, this is out in what area of El Cajon? Flynn Springs. What's the, I I've, I mean part of my ignorance I've never heard of it before. What's Flynn Springs? It's just right off the eight. It's kind of in between like what what area do they call it? Blossom Valley? I okay, it's, it's, it's far out there though. Uh, do you remember where, you remember Marshall Scotty's? Yes. It's like that exit. Okay. It's not, you know, it's not really that far, honestly. It's not like Alpine. Right. It's not that far. But, yeah, it's it's cool, man. We we did our our Casbah. We did, like, a little work party there, like, a few few weeks ago, and it was fun. That's right. You work at the Casbah still, too, don't you? Yeah, I still work there here and there. So it's it's a fun place. Of course. What about... uh, other than the Casbah, your favorite place to play in San Diego? Probably the Belly Up. You know, I don't, I don't get to play there often, but I have played there over the years quite a bit. Yeah, it's just because it's just that next level, man. Like, really nice stage, and then you know you get a green room, and that that's kind of huge. Heck yeah, because it's just it's nice to have a place where you can put your stuff, and then. You know, you have your own like bathroom, and there's like they bring you like food, and you feel like a rock star. Yeah, it's just it's just it's that next level of just feeling like okay, man, like we have a dressing room, like we're not just like yeah, meet me outside or you know what I mean. We'll shoot you in between sets. That's cool, whatever. But yeah, that I think you know, belly up, man. Just everyone's really cool there. You know, I know a lot of the people that work there, and it's just. It's just comfortable, man. I've never had like a bad experience there. We got to get Jake Nager in the moment of truth playing the belly up. We do. We got to make that happen. Yes. Maybe we can make it happen with our push. And I Maybe we can. Certainly encourage people to pick up the new record. Again, it's called In the Cut. Uh-huh. And it's Jake Nager in the moment of truth on Redwoods Record, Redwoods Music. And you mm-hmm. can find them at the redwoodsmusic.com and mm-hmm. Why it's so great to have you on here is I can actually, I don't think I'll get dinged. Do I get dinged if I play a full song on the podcast, you know, on the royalties tip and stuff? Or you think I'm clear? I think you're all right. You think I'm all right? Yeah, you're You're not going to come after us? Nah. (laughs) Okay, what song should I play? I'd like to play a song in its entirety. So to give the, the music the right justice that it deserves. I'd it's say the first track. First track? Yeah. High cost of living? Yeah. That's hysterical. And yeah. uh, why is it called? Is it because you got your homie Nick Costa on the track? It is, but also just, you know, like cost of living's going up everywhere, and especially in San Diego. It's like it's getting insane. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just it's the cost of everything is going you know up. what you mean. I'm living it, buddy. I think you yeah. and I are going to be shacking up. Splitting the rent in a, in a few years, man. I'll move in with your parents out in El Cajon. Right. Are the parents still in El Cajon or are they in Del Mar, by the way? No, they're in El Cajon. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'll do Del Mar too. All right. High right. cost of living. 
Jake Nager here of Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth. And we certainly encourage you to go out, grab the record, support local talent. And Jake, thank you for donating your art the last couple of years to our podcast network. We're pumped to have you part of it.